Good morning. I'm Riley, and this is Lifestyle Tucson, a program where I speak with nonprofit groups and organizations, finding out how they serve our community and getting updates on current projects. For the first portion of today's show, I am sharing a recent conversation I had with Integrative Touch. I'm speaking with Shay Biter, and I'm the founder and executive director of Integrative Touch. To my understanding, Integrative Touch is an organization that supports families whose children have specialized health and medical needs, but it's also a form of therapy that is being utilized. Will you share just some more about who and what exactly is Integrative Touch? Yes, that's a great question. And when I think about that, it's really a community of people who are rising up to help families that have children with serious illness, and also their care providers, including their health care providers, because we really look at this in a holistic way where when a child has medical needs, their family is affected, their care providers are affected, their community is affected. So we try to base everything on a community-based model. Everyone comes together for the betterment of the child. Will you just explain to me the mission and vision of Integrative Touch. Yes, we're really working to change the way people experience health and healing. Um, You know, one of the things that we've designed medicine to be currently is very Mm patient-centered, and we're wanting to create a model that's more family and community-centered. Because as we all know, when we've had a loved one who's seriously ill, it's not just about that Mm -hmm. loved one. It's not just about that child or family member or even dear friend, right? It's about their sibling, it's about their brother, it's about their mother, it's about everyone in their life who's impacted by that illness. And then we, of course, extend that even into their healthcare providers who are often, you know, very stressed in the caregiving mm-hmm. process as well. Mm-hmm. And I imagine with, especially when once children get involved, it takes a whole different emotional uh, level. Mm-hmm. I'd like to hear about the history and development of Integrative Touch because you are the founder yes. of this therapy system. Can you just explain more? Yes. Yeah, so the organization itself started more than 17 years ago, and it began, I was a pre-medical student at UCLA thinking I was going to become a pediatric surgeon. And As part of that journey, I was going into the hospital and observing surgeries, and I saw this little girl who was about to go in for a surgery, which from a medical perspective wasn't a terribly serious surgical Mm -hmm. procedure, but the child was clearly so frightened. Mm -hmm. And I, because I was just a fly on on the wall observing, I could feel and see and sense and witness her fear so clearly. And it just, it touched my heart, and it also kind of broke open something in me that said, it doesn't have to be this way. Mm -hmm. Like, we could find ways to accompany her and to support her and also to support her family members um, so that this process is a little more psychologically and emotionally sustainable Mm -hmm. for kids. And so that really then... That one child, I consider her the true founder of the organization, you know, she birthed this desire in me to help to protect children from this kind of suffering. Mm, I see. So I'd like to hear more about integrative medicine. Mm -hmm. For somebody who's unfamiliar, what does that mean? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think, you know, in Tucson, Arizona, we might know a little more than most because we are kind of an epicenter of integrative medicine. Mm -hmm. But for those who are hearing the 
language for the first time, it's kind of whole systems and whole world medicine. So, you know, in the West, we're practicing Western medicine, but there have been many traditions in Eastern medicine for thousands of Mm -hmm. years, things like traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, and there's a lot of practices um, that have come out of those traditional bodies of medicine, even if you think of within our community, indigenous medicine, Mm -hmm. tribal medicine, within a lot of the Native American communities. So each of these groups has extremely rich traditions and practices that they utilize for healing. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing is that when someone is ill, we want state-of-the-art science, um, and we also want to draw on some of these other tools, things like breathing techniques and meditation and um, even comfort care, where there's some really cool research studies now that are showing when you induce a painful procedure on someone and you do an fMRI scan of their brain, if they're holding the hand of a loved one, their pain actually diminishes. Mm. And so healing and even suffering itself is is it's relative. It's mm-hmm. relational. It's about the people we're with. So integrative medicine tries to take a really broad approach, and it says, yes, we want the best Western medicine science has to offer, but we also want this whole humanistic and kind of world medicine approach that also looks at different cultural traditions and what they've been doing really well for thousands of years, and to pull all of that together into this very kind of comprehensive system of medicine. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. That is Shay Bider, founder and executive director of Integrative Touch. It's more than just the, the physicality of medicine. There's the mental aspect and spiritual and emotional. You need to find that balance within it all. So can you give me examples of the types of therapies you use in your programs? Yes, it's very broad. We actually developed our own therapeutic approach called integrative touch therapy, and I'll speak a little bit to mm-hmm. that. But in addition to that, we also do things like meditation, breath work, Um, We teach people core components of happiness and what the happiness research shows. We use um, a wellness curriculum that's based on some Gallup polls that were done internationally to look at, okay, in 150 countries around the world, what are the core elements of well-being? And so they identified these core elements of well-being. And so we develop wellness curriculum around how to strengthen those core elements of well-being. And it's a lot of it's very simple things. It's like you look at your career, your financial, your family, your friends, your social. You look at each of those core areas and see where am I strong and where do I need support? And then we help to support you in the areas where you're more vulnerable. Um, Our therapeutic approach specifically is something that I just designed through working with so many children in the hospital. And I saw that a community strategy was what was most effective. So we work in teams. So, you know, a lot of therapies like physical therapy or occupational therapy, it's one therapist with one child. Mm -hmm. But I designed it so it's a minimum of two or sometimes more therapists that go in and they work hands-on with that child, but also with their family members in concert. So we might treat a child in the hospital or in the community and their brother or sister and their mother or father and other caregivers like grandparents, aunts, uncles. And the therapeutic technique, it's really the most defining aspect of it is it's a listening therapy. Mm -hmm. So we assume that there's a fundamental intelligence within each human being that actually knows how to heal. 
And so we first listen. The team does an initial consultation, and we really absorb where are you suffering and where does your inner intelligence, where is it guiding you towards mm -hmm. healing? And then we use a whole range of strategies that we've you know studied and cultivated for years to support people in those areas where they are the most vulnerable and also um, support them in that identification of their ideal and optimal healing path. So it's very customized. Our work is um, individuated for mm. each person that we treat. Yeah, understandable. And so since it seems that integrative touch builds off of information that as you go, does your how you approach your therapies change over time? It's amazing how there are common elements to each therapeutic session that we've identified. And I'm actually writing a book on this. So we're going to be releasing a book on the therapeutic approach in 2023 so people can understand it. So there are core components to the mm -hmm. therapeutic approach. But if you looked at it without knowing what those core components are, you would think like each session is just completely personalized because mm. they, they do look really different because we might be working with like a five-year-old child or we might be working with their grandfather mm. who's 85. And the way we interact in the session is obviously yeah. extremely different in each case. <laughs> When I was looking at integrativetouch.org, I saw several different programs that are offered, and it seems to be kind of two types, uh, mm -hmm. telewellness, telefriend, telehealth, and then more in-person. I'd like to start with the, the tele-programs. Is this something that you recently developed because of current yes. situation? Yes. Okay. It was. There were two big births that happened for our organization out of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So the first was we realized oh my goodness, there's all these children that with COVID are even going to be more isolated because mm. many of the kids we work with have cancers and have uh, very compromised immune systems. So they were having to be particularly careful mm -hmm. not to get the virus. And so for those children, we thought we've got to find a way to reach them. And we knew we couldn't go into their homes you know, mm -hmm. when we were in the thick of it. And so we designed a telehealth program. And that program has an aspect that's just for kids called Telefriend, where they're paired with a buddy, an adult, and another young person, and they play games, and it's social interaction, so they don't feel isolated and alone. It's like you get a friend. And then we also designed a program to support their parents and healthcare providers. That's our telewellness program, where we take them through a 10-week series, and they learn all these wellness skills so that, you know, their suffering could be diminished through the hardships that they're facing with caregiving. What about the programs such as your hospital program and uh, healing retreats? Have you been able to bring those back yet? We're just now coming back into the hospital, which is really exciting. We've still treated kids in the hospital, but through telehealth. Mm -hmm. So we had a number of patients that we were still continuing to treat, but we were using devices like iPads and computers to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but now we're actually coming back into doing hands-on work, and that's so exciting for our team. Absolutely. And from what I gathered from the website is that you depend a lot on the work of volunteers. And will you explain to me what the, the volunteer opportunities are with Integrative Touch? Sure. We have several. We're primarily a volunteer-based organization, mm -hmm. so we have a staff, but we're more than 95% volunteer. So we have... Um, active volunteer roles with kids and families. So through our telehealth program, 
you can be a telefriend to a child. You can support our telewellness program if you have training in the healing arts. And then you can also help with things like our committees where we have research and evaluation and marketing and program planning and, you know, a variety of different committee structures where people can also volunteer, particularly professionals who have expertise. Um, And then, you know, as the world starts to open up more and more, we'll continue to return to many of our bigger events because we've done historically large retreat events. And for those, we need hundreds of volunteers Mm -hmm. who participate. So when is the last uh, time, the last retreat you did? The last in-person retreat was right before things Mm. kind of changed. And so um, I believe it was in like, you know, late um, 2019. Mm. So, yeah. So looking forward to that uh, final return. So just so I'm clear, to volunteer with Integrative Touch, you don't necessarily need to be a therapist yourself. Like, No, not at all. We have volunteers literally of every type and dimension because we'll have someone who's like, oh, I'm really good with photography. Great. We need photographers. Someone who has a background in accounting, maybe they'll go on our finance committee. You know, somebody who does have um, experience maybe as a teacher for children with different kinds of medical issues or special needs. And so we can place them in a number of different roles, actually. Mm-hmm. And is there like an application process for becoming a volunteer? Yes, we have a volunteer section of our website. And then you can fill out an application and we do an interview with you and help to determine which area of the organization might be the best fit. So I did see that Integrative Touch qualifies for the Arizona Charitable Tax Credit. Would you explain to me some of how donations are used by your organization? Yeah, that is such a great thing. I'm so happy that we were able to receive this. Mm -hmm. So it's a cool thing if people aren't familiar with it. Essentially, the way that it's set up is when you file your state taxes, if you make a contribution to Integrative Touch, then that will be a write-off dollar for dollar from what you would ordinarily have to pay in your state taxes. And for an individual, it's up to $400. And for a couple that's filing jointly, up to $800 that you could donate to us, and it'll come off of what you owe the state government, like dollar for dollar. So if I give, like I do, I give. I give Mm -hmm. our organization every year. I file singly, so I give $400 every year that comes straight off of my state taxes. Mm -hmm. What are examples of how donations uh, get used by Integrative Touch? Everything we do is program focused. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is really like the essence of it. I was thinking about this today because we have a child we work with who just passed away recently. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about how many ways we impacted him. Like we created a video for that family. So, yes, some money went to the creation of that Mm -hmm. video, but the mom played that video at his funeral Mm -hmm. service that I went to this weekend. We had two buddies who were volunteers who were his telefriends who who visited him in the hospital right before he died and who supported him online for over a year as Mm -hmm. his friends, you know, throughout the challenges of the pandemic when he was really socially isolated. And so we had to train those volunteers and onboard those volunteers and manage those volunteers and, you know, care for and support Mm -hmm. them too. So the money, it's always going to the programs. Mm-hmm. It can be in different directions. You know, it might be in the creation of a video or in volunteer training or things like that. Um, but everything we do, the 
the whole heart of the organization is around helping these kids. So that's the bottom line. In your experience, have the connections you've made been that strong that you feel part of the individual's life? Yeah, it's amazing. Honestly, I was blown away. The The main thing his mom talked about at the funeral was our organization mm. and how what a difference it had made for their whole family, how it had supported her, how it had supported her son, how it had given him friends at the end of life that he wouldn't have mm. had. And I was brought to tears by the realization of when you create a loving community of support and people that are willing to rise up, which is really essentially what our organization mm -hmm. is, a loving community of support and people that are willing to rise up, like how much good that could do because that, that's what she wanted to share at the end of his life. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. That is Shay Bider, founder and executive director of Integrative Touch. An important date is approaching for Integrative Touch, the 14th annual Butterfly Gala. The In Touch Tonight show is what yes. I saw. It looks like fun. <laughs> what can you tell me about this year's event? Yes. So we always do an annual fundraiser. And, you know, the last couple of years, we've gotten more creative, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so for this year, we decided to create this In Touch Tonight show, which is basically like think Jimmy Fallon and The Tonight Show. Yeah. But, you know, converting it into something that also shares about our organization. But we have entertainment. We have a singer from New York who's going to be oh, performing. Fun. And we have someone locally, some local talent, Sophia Rankin, who's a wonderful local kind of folksy, fun pop artist um, who will be participating. And then our MC Adam Lazarus, will kind of play the Jimmy Fallon part and lead us all through the show. I'll be featured as like a special guest. Mm -hmm. You know, I was watching an episode with, j-lo and i was trying to you know kind of look at how they have the whole thing structured yeah. because we're like kind of pretending you know that we're <laughs> in that same class and it's gonna be fun and entertaining so i feel like if you knew nothing about our organization you could tune in and you would be entertained and also learn a little bit more about what we do yeah can you just go over a little bit more of kind of what this entails it's going to run twice broadcast yeah twice. we're doing two airings yeah. so the first one is on march 26th at 6 p.m arizona time and then the second one is on march 27th at the same time 6 p.m and how we've um, designed it it's online mm -hmm. so you'll tune in just like you would for a tv show and we'll have the airing and so you'll get to watch the episode you know it'll feel as if it's happening like right then um, but like The Tonight Show, it'll actually have a little slight pre-recorded yeah. element to it. <laughs> You're sharing secrets. I'm sharing secrets, yeah. but it'll feel very, like, fresh, just like The Tonight yeah. Show does. Yeah, and the tickets are completely free, so there's, like, no obstacle to participating. Of course, we would be so deeply honored and touched if people will donate because this is our single mm -hmm. largest fundraiser that we do each year, and it's critical to the health and um, well-being of the organization. But... Um, we wanted to make it free because it's also something you can watch from anywhere in the country. Mm -hmm. And we want people to share it so that, you know, friends in Florida or Pennsylvania or on the West Coast, like anyone anywhere can just easily hop onto it and be inspired by this really cool work that we're doing here. And because our programs now are all national, like mm -hmm. we treat parents and children and families all over the country. I mean, there, I think we've been in more than 36 states now that we've had participants through our telehealth program. So that was a really beautiful aspect of 
the birth of a telehealth program is suddenly yeah. I could serve a child in Florida and I could serve a child in Connecticut and I can serve a child in the Bay Area and you know it just like opens it yeah. all up. Definitely expanded your borders completely. Mm-hmm. By, so is that something you you plan on continuing moving forward? We do. So our board made a decision that this has just been such a beautiful growth opportunity. We're helping parents and doctors and nurses like all over the country. And we've even had international. We've had we had a volunteer in Laos. We had families in Canada and, you know, other parts of the world even. So our board really realized this is an important opportunity to spread the mission of this organization. So we're going to stay with that in full force. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, is there anything else you would like to add on about Integrative Touch before we start wrapping? Well, I think in terms of the fun In Touch Tonight show, I would yeah. just say we're also having like an awesome online auction with like oh. more than 200 items. And again, anyone can bid on those from anywhere in the country. And so that's like another way that you can donate, but you're also receiving something in return. Yeah. So is the auction going to be open outside of just the airing of the program? Yes, it'll be open about one week prior. So I think it's March 18th. Mm-hmm. It will officially open, and you can access the information off of our website, which is integrativetouch.org. And so if you go there, you'll be able to get the information about the event and the auction, and then it'll stay open until the evening of the second airing, which is March 27th at 8 p.m. It will close at 8 p.m. on March 27th. Okay, so you got about a week to get in. Do you have all the items? Are you still looking for uh, donations? We are absolutely looking for donations right up to the last minute because, you know, we try to get we try to get it in as early as possible. We try to secure things um, as early as we can. But if somebody has something great to contribute, we would not say no. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, well, Shay, will you just share with me again the best way for people to find out more information about Integrative Touch, make a donation, find out about volunteer opportunities, or get their free ticket for the upcoming fundraising gala? Yeah, absolutely. So, two ways I would give you one, our website that I mentioned. So, that's Integrative, so I N T E G R A T I V E, touch, T O U C H dot O R G integrativetouch.org. And also, we have a phone number locally in Tucson, 520-308-4665. Well, Shay, thank you so much for all of this great information and, you know, introducing me to your organization and uh, spreading the word. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be with you. That was Shay Bider, founder and CEO of Integrative Touch. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm Riley. And for the next portion of today's program, we are getting an update from the Institute for Better Education. I'm sharing my conversation with Kimberly Kirshner, Executive Director. Kim, will you just start off by telling me a bit more about the Institute for Better Education and how it got started here in Tucson? Of course. So the Institute for Better Education, or IBE, has been around for 24 years, just about as long as this tax credit program has been in existence, Arizona being the first state in the country to have a program that supports private school education through tax credit. So that's what we do. We make sure children who private school system is the best choice for them when it comes to education doesn't matter what their income is we want to help if they have special needs and the school is more expensive we want to help ensure that they're able to attend Mm -hmm. because that is something i noticed i was looking over some of ibe's partner schools at least here in tucson because 
You serve more than just Tucson, correct? We do. We are statewide and work with about 320 schools, all private schools. So if ever a child has a specific need that a specific private school can attend to their need, we'll do our best to have them at that school. Mm -hmm. Well, the reasoning behind uh, a parent or parents opting for private education can really vary. In your experience, what are some of the reasons you've heard uh, during your time at IBE for people opting? Great question. So, So very many times it has to do with just the need of the child. There are no cookie cutter kids, Mm -hmm. and so there can't be cookie cutter schools. So private school education can uh, be more specific about maybe a need that the child has, whether it is a special need or just needing a smaller classroom. We have a lot of children attending private school for safety reasons. The child is asking themselves, can I go to a different school? We're there to make sure that that can happen. And often, sometimes, a maybe a district school, which we are all about school choice. It doesn't matter if it's district schools, charter schools, home schools, private schools. We want the child in the school that's best for them. But if the district school is not uh, able to make sure that that child is receiving all they can, that's where we step in. How much was IBE able to uh, distribute in scholarships for the 2020-2021 school year? So last year, we came close to $22 million, and we're on track to doing more because we, we found during COVID, as mm-hmm. we all know, you can just talk about the COVID season, if you will, so many more children were reaching out maybe for different educational choices, and many, in fact, most were from low-income families. So the need was is, is not just was, is so much higher to make sure that these children have those choices, so that meant we were able to scholarship more. The Institute for Better Education is an Arizona-certified school tuition organization. So it's kind of like the charitable tax credit, but not exactly. So will you just share with me what it means to be an STO? Of course. So first of all, we all are certified by the federal government as a 501c3. So we are a charitable organization. So if somebody gave us a donation and recommended a student here in Arizona from Texas, they could do so because we are a charitable organization and we do offer that that tax incentive. Mm -hmm. As an STO, we are also certified by the state to take on tax credit donations and give back tax credits because a tax credit, very different from a donation in that a tax credit is dollar for dollar. It means if you give funding to the IBE, it's just like giving it to the Arizona Department of Revenue. It literally reduces your liability. And I think most people don't understand what their liability is. It's not what they owe at tax time to the state of Arizona. Most people have had money withheld from their paycheck, so they Mm -hmm. may not owe the full amount of what their liability is, or they might be getting a refund. You can still do these tax credit donations and reduce what you owe or get more of a refund. It's a wonderful opportunity. So as Arizona has this program, we are making sure that Arizona residents and taxpayers understand they have a choice what to do with their state tax money, just like kids do. So there's basically a couple of different pools of funds within IBE. So will you explain to me the difference between, say, the original individual program versus the plus switcher program? Great question. So the original individual program is kind of like what it sounds like. It's done by Arizona individuals, and it's the original program that was came into existence close to a quarter of a century ago. So any Arizona resident has a choice to be able to make that tax credit donation, and then any child through K-12 through education here at a private school is able to receive those funds. 
The Plus Switcher program came around in 2012, and the Arizona legislature was looking for ways to ensure children entering private school for the first time might have some additional funding. So there was eligibility requirements put on the child, not the donor. They could make that donation. It came close to doubling what they could give. So a child had to be entering kindergarten, transferring from an Arizona public or charter school, military families. And just last year, that was expanded to include homeschool families, families coming from out of state, out of country, just making sure more could be eligible to receive those extra funds. What about corporate donations? Is that still open? Uh, Last we spoke, I know we were talking about some deadlines coming up. Correct. So basically, Arizona businesses who are eligible, which would be C-corporations, S-corporations, uh, S- uh, any LLC that files like an S-Corp and most insurance companies can make that same determination if they'd like to put their state tax dollars to help kids. They don't have any caps on the funding that they can give, whereas individuals do. And in a married couple for 2021, which the donation needs to be made by April 18th, is $2,435. For an Arizona business, it's their full liability. Uh, some businesses give millions of dollars to this program. But July 1st of every year, the cap, if you will, opens up, whereas last year that cap for the low-income program was a little over $135 million. And for people that wanted to contribute for children with special needs or foster care, it was $6 million. That cap was finally met in uh, the end of December of this year. So the next year's cap, which will go up just a little bit, I think it's about $143 million, will open up July 1st of this year. So businesses are already sending us their applications, making sure they're in line to get those approved so that they can get make sure their funding is taken care of before the cap is met. Just for clarity, will you explain to me, so is funding going to specific schools or individuals, or how exactly is that working? Great question. Uh, in Arizona, an individual taxpayer can either recommend IBE's need, most needed fund so that we can help any low-income family in the state. They can recommend a school or schools, or they can recommend even children who are going to be attending those schools. They could give some to a student, some to a school, some to our needy fund, whatever that looks like. And it is a recommendation only. We will never guarantee that the funds will go where they're going because that's the law. The law does not allow any what you would call conditional donations. Donations. So when grandma gives us a call and would like to recommend their grandchild, we're not going to guarantee it's going to go to their grandchild. Fact of the matter is the law allows us to honor that recommendation, mm-hmm. but we will not guarantee it. Then the corporations can give to either our most needy funds or to a school. They can't recommend a specific student. So there's slight differences to the two pro, to the two types of buckets, if you will, but the fact is they're all out there to help kids. So they all that comes to IBE, and then my scholarship committee makes those awards mm-hmm. based on the applications that the family submit. And, of course, we're always available for that phone call. We're one of those organizations that actually answers our phone, mm-hmm. or you can come by and see us. Um, we're just up at Speedway and Swan area. We really want to make sure to educate Arizona on this program because the more people are educated on how this works, we know the more children will be assisted. Wonderful. Well, Kim, before I let you go, tell me where is the best place to find everything you need to know about Institute for Better Education? A couple places. We have a website, which you've already been looking at, which thank you very much, is ibescholarships.org. Our phone number is 520-512-5438. And truly, we're just up at uh, 921 North Swan Road, and we're available to see you in person, talk to you on the phone, spend half hour. It doesn't matter. Whatever it takes to make sure you feel comfortable with this program, whether you're a donor or an applicant. Wonderful. Well, Kim, thank you so much for your time and Absolutely. getting us all this information. Absolutely. Thank you.
That was Kimberly Kirshner, Executive Director at the Institute for Better Education. You've been listening to Lifestyle Tucson. If you're part of a nonprofit group or organization that would like to be featured in an upcoming episode of the program, you can reach out to me, Riley, by email, publicaffairs at azlotus.com. That is publicaffairs, all one word, at azlotus.com. For more information, you can go to the Sunday Mornings page at mixfm.com, klpx.com, kfma.com, or espntucson.com.